Hey guys, welcome back. We are here in week whatever of quarantine in episode 124 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. So welcome to the podcast. I'm Charisma O'Keefe. I am Angelica Yard. You are here to listen to us. We've been here for five years almost uh, recording and we've you've had so many listens. We're almost at our like a milestone. I won't say what it is, but we're almost at a milestone. Listen, if we haven't met it already, because I haven't checked since this weekend, but I sent it to like close friends and like tagged charisma in it to give her a heart attack. So we've had a lot yeah. of people listening to our podcast. We're <laughs> so thankful for you. Yeah, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that I don't even like to know about the stats because honestly, for me, this is just a conversation that I feel like I'm having with Angelica, but it's like a very organized structure conversation. But honestly, a lot of our conversations are like that anyways, um, when we're talking business, because we're like, oh, there's points that we need to make. And we'll kind of like make an outline in our head or whatever ahead of time. And that's kind of how the podcast came to be in the first place. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we've been here forever talking about business and balance and life. And wow, life has been weird lately, <laughs> to say the least. Baby's um, first global well, pandemic. <laughs> don't know we're both based like in the orlando florida area and something that has recently been brought to my attention well we're in phase let's say phase one of reopening yeah it's it's phase one but almost like phase one b because friday more things that were not in phase one apparently were added to the slate to be able to reopen so so it's kind kind of come to my attention that like people not only like in other countries but even in other states like have no idea um just how i want to say like reckless florida's been being this whole time yeah um because it's been pretty reckless so the other day uh michelle hopewell actually like messaged me on Insta and she was like oh my gosh your beaches are open and i was like yeah girl like they've been <laughs> open and not only that but like they barely closed um they closed for such a short amount of time they were like one of the last things to close we still had people coming in from other states um, as tourists to come and visit beaches when Disney was already closed. Um, and for Disney to close, you know something has to be really serious. But Disney was closed and our beaches were open because the governor doesn't care. Um, and so people went to spring break and there was massive crowds and that sort of thing. And did people get coronavirus? Yes, yes, they did. Um, and they were hospitalized and all that stuff. Um, so now we are you know, on this quote unquote other side of things. And, you know, I do think like, yeah, we did social distancing. It started working. Like we did stay at home order. It was working. And I do think that like, to an extent, you can reopen things carefully. Um, But that's not exactly what is happening, I feel like for us. So I remember it, it was really like a stark difference. I went shopping the week before the like first part of the stay at home order. And I went to Trader Joe's and like, the line was really good. Everyone was wearing a mask. Everyone was respectful, patient, whatever. I went literally the following week, just like maybe six, six, seven days later. And we were in phase one and like half the people were wearing masks. People were getting like right up in your space. Like, I mean, like if you're reaching for an item, like someone will come and like reach right underneath you. Like it was just like, oh okay so yeah people really aren't respecting it and not only that but people are like when i was at um the trader joe's and dr phillips i was in line and there was a lady who was like having a loud aggressive conversation on the phone with who knows who 
um, about how she didn't want to wear a mask and she doesn't have to do anything. It's her right as an American and this and this and that. So there's definitely a lot of that, not just in Florida, but everywhere where there's people like going to stores and if the store says, hey, we'd like you to wear a mask, they're like throwing fits outside and trying to like record um you know the employees which is just like as if it's gonna make the employees look bad but nine times out of ten has made them look bad and those people have lost their jobs so i'm so confused did you see see the dancing guy yes yes it was was a grocery store okay i didn't know what type of store it was because like whatever it is we don't have it here but i was like that's the best because he was just like dancing and i was like oh he's just like feeling the joy yeah well people are using ada compliance now as an excuse to not wear masks in places that require masks which is basically if you have a disease that will not allow you to wear like some people have extreme asthma and they can't wear masks for prolonged periods of time and with the summer the heat and humidity is making it a little bit harder to wear a mask totally understand happened to me yesterday um so those people are using that excuse to go into these places that have these rules specifically just to be on the internet it's not like they were going to shop it's not like they needed to go in these stores it's just the fact that they want to showcase their rights so they go up and they're like oh well i have the right to not wear my mask this lady says hipaa compliance which already she's using the wrong words nothing to do with hipaa Uh, (laughs) and so she starts berating this poor worker and then he gets his manager she starts berating the manager she's still going on he starts dancing we'll put a link in the show notes just because this one is a little less harmful there have been some very harmful ones one out of australia that came out yesterday of this per this woman coming up and like coughing aggressively in this restaurant worker's face like there's so many people it's not just america there are just people everywhere who feel like this is a hoax it's almost like y2k all over again where everybody made jokes about how y2k wasn't real when really there were engineers who stopped a mass crisis from happening and i talk about i feel like i talked about this at the beginning of the pandemic is that there is an issue we are now going through that period and there was an article i think on the new york times about prepare for the the gaslighting and it's happening is we're in the gaslighting right now like we are in the phase where everybody's like there was never an issue there was never a problem this was a pandemic that pandemic video i want to burn it to the ground like it's the worst thing that ever happened <laughs> um where people think this is some conspiracy theory to change the battery in the birds to not get 5g from china there's like 19 different consp- oh, try to ruin the economy to keep people from having money to try to get everybody on the same level this was some leftist conspiracy even though everyone stopped working like i'm so confused by the yeah thought process as to why we had to self-isolate that everybody's so upset about it that now that we're in phase 1a or 1b or whatever it is we're in now florida has lost its mind (laughs) like i don't know how else to explain it it's like there's half the people not wearing masks and sore ice cream said we went out friday um just because i was like i want ice cream like i did 100 burpees i'm getting ice cream from (laughs) greener creamery i haven't been there since last november i feel like and they're one of the people who i know i've met personally i've talked to them they're really good at and they're one of the ice creams that is does vegan or dairy but the dairy one does not upset anybody i know which is very hard to find if you have like dairy sensitivity usually all ice cream any dairy ice cream is like bad for you all my friends who have dairy sensitivities who specifically eat vegan ice cream for that purpose have had dairy at greener creamery and for some reason haven't had any issue so that is where I go to get ice cream and it was great. And then we went to, um, so that was fine. Like it was small. There were people eating outside, yeah. which is allowed. 
if there were too many people for me eating outside, but that's fine. Yeah. I wasn't there to eat outside. I wasn't there to walk. I didn't even see. I was six feet from those people. I went and got my ice cream in a pint, put it in a freezer bag to go. Um, yeah. Went over to another restaurant. I won't say a name. <laughs> Don't want to shame them. Name them. You probably saw it on my Instagram. If you're following me on Instagram stories, just because I love this brand so much. But they they had a good setup. Their patio outdoors was open for sitting. There was like a couple there. Inside, they had a good line set up. They had their situation. However, we need to talk about gloves. <laughs> I feel like we need to have a strong conversation about gloves. And Francesca Ramsey did a whole thread on it. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Because she talks about why wearing gloves doesn't, is it not good if you don't use them properly. And this is one of the cases where food places are using gloves because they have to, but they're not using them properly. And so wearing the same set of gloves to pick up a phone, pick up food, put food in a bag, touch a cash register, it's defeating the purpose of putting gloves on your body. And that's what yeah. happened in that restaurant as I sat there and ordered 20 something dollars worth of stuff. And I was like, well, but I die, I guess, because they got gloves on touching the phone. I like, I don't want to make a scene out of it because there's people in front of me who are, she's a lady and her son wearing masks, but they clearly are there to be like, kind of, you know, there's almost like these people who are there to just be like out in the world to just say, I'm out. And so I'm yeah. supporting, but they they don't know what they're doing. And so she's they're not going places with purpose. No, like, no, plan, no. It's like, it's needed right now because employees are like overwhelmed. Right. And, like guidelines and everything else. Um, so that I, that's clearly what was happening is that they were getting so many phone calls of people just calling and being like, what's in this item? What's in that item? This restaurant has had the same menu as far yeah. as I know. They changed it up a little bit seasonally, but same staple items that they had on the menu for like the past three years. People were calling to ask what was in cashew cheese, cashews. Uh, <laughs> and then this lady was like, I don't know what I want. What do you think about that? Like she was having a whole conversation and it's just not. Everyone's trying to get in and out, lady. Not the time. So I was very, like, I was saddened because I felt the employees were flustered. So I wasn't upset at them. But, I like, I, my fellow man, I feel like, is failing us in not wanting to take this seriously. They're like, it's open. It's the a, it's a Wild West. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's kind of, like, what I'm seeing a lot is, like, people saying, like, they're going places and, like, you know, the employees are doing the best they can and they're really trying but people are like going out of their way to make it difficult by like not following procedures or asking questions over and over again about things that are kind of like obvious like most places if they have like complicated procedures they have like a sign outside that says what to do um or like you can look online like a lot of places online tell you like i i'm planning to go to east end market tomorrow and i literally looked on like order for pickup here's mm-hmm. where you do this for that and all that um and i'm just going into you know really like get um like support lineage and my little brother morgan who is working over there as a barista so i'm just gonna kind of go say what's up to him and like so i kind of already know what my game plan is but i was like well if i'm there i may as well get donuts so yeah let's make, let's make a plan for that ahead of time um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot to kind of like look ahead of time on social or look on their website and see if there's any information. Obviously, if you have to call and get more information, that's fine. But kind of have a game plan before you go places and don't just like, you know, like they're doing more than they've ever done. And like you're making them like run through hoops for no reason. And especially like to like whether you believe like the policies of wearing a mask is bad or good, 
does not really matter if a privately owned business has told you you have to wear one to come inside. So arguing with the employee out front as if they're the ones who made that rule, like it just, it blows my mind. I'm like, do you really think that they have the power? Like they're sitting there getting paid an hourly rate. Like they're not the one who decided whether or not there was going to be like people who were going to be wearing masks or not like that's not something that happened and if you can wear a shirt and shoes into a place of yeah. business then you can wear a mask because you're being told you have to wear a shirt and you have to wear shoes to be served it's really truly the same thing like I, I don't understand like people are like oh like it takes away my rights no it doesn't you have the right to not go to that store right you have the right to not go into that place of business but if you choose to go in, then you abide by what their rules are. And it's that simple. Yeah. So I think like a good step, um, if your state is starting to reopen or has reopened and you're thinking about going out and trying to be a little less cautious, because I think a lot of my friends have been very cautious, uh, having a game plan, like Christmas said, is probably step one. Know where you're going, know their policies, be prepared, have your mask in the car, have your sanitizer, be know where you're going, know where you're going in the store, have an idea of what you're doing. There were so many people at Target the other day that were like, I don't know where this is and not. And I'm like, I understand, but this is not the day to not know where you're going. Like, I don't... If Target has had the same layout since before this happened. They have an app that you can look at. You can download in store. It can tell you, look up an item. It tells you what aisle it's on. Almost every retail large box corporation has that ability. Um, So if you're stepping in a warehouse that has 10,000 square feet or more, if you download their app or look on the website about look for an item beforehand, it will tell you exactly what aisle it's on. Like, I'm so perplexed by, like, and I understand, um, also, if you're not self-checkout because you want to help support the cashiers, which is totally fine, totally get it. Don't ask Don't ask employees why they have PPE on. Just don't, like, don't, because that's creating stress yeah. for them. It's just company policy. Like, there's been so many servers, so many cashiers that have told stories about them being berated by the customers about why they're wearing PPE. Don't ask, just appreciate them for what they do. Say thank you, be kind, be courteous. I think that's the number one rule is always be kind and courteous because I think yeah. if you're curious about something, Google it when you get home. This is not the time to take somebody's hazard pay <laughs> to talk to them about why they have the gloves they have on or why they have the mask that they have on. Yeah, it's just like, let like just, just go out into the world with a little bit of kindness and grace and take a chill pill, relax, and like stop just demanding things. And I don't know, just relax. Like it's so funny because I feel like these people are yelling and they're like, you're living in fear. You're, you know, you're scared. You're freaking out. And I'm like, you're the one yelling and freaking out, dude. Like I'm over here reading a book on the couch, like relax, you know? Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I guess they've just never been told they can't do something before ever in their lives. And this is like the first time that they have been told that, but it's very interesting to me because it's like, you know, you and I have talked about like as black people, we would not want to put ourselves in a position, first of all, we want to like wear masks because it's the right thing to do and the smart thing to do. But outside of that, we wouldn't want to just openly break laws because we're black. Right. So like- It was legally mandated by our county to wear masks. And I don't think that has changed. I think it's still there. I know the curfew has been lifted, but the mask, I think policy is still unchanged. You can't get fined for it, but the law asked me to wear a mask. I'm putting that mask on. Like, when, why would I not put it on? Like, I'm not entitled to walk around. And that is the difference in someone who lives a life of privilege and hasn't had to look at things from a certain lens of being able to tell 
you couldn't do anything. My grandmother couldn't go in certain parts of a business. She couldn't walk into the store. My mom as well. Like they lived in a small town in Georgia. Like they couldn't go to certain places. They just couldn't. No colors. It was on the sign. No N words. Like that was on the sign. Like they couldn't go in there. Like that's the way it was. They didn't go in there anyway. They didn't like protest and be like, well, I deserve, even though those reasonings were from hatred and not even any science at all. This was just people being prejudiced and racist and stupid. It's not like they lost their minds, like flipped the switch and like went into these restaurants and places that were not accepting of people of color and, and black people. people had nothing to do with, yeah. I don't, they just didn't go. They're like, yo, I, I just can't go in there. I'm not going. Like it wasn't right. That doesn't mean they went in. Like I, and I guess maybe having that ingrained in our bodies and our spirits and knowing the stories of Rosa Parks and the civil rights movement and understanding even queer people, understanding that they weren't allowed in certain places. I feel like queer people have been more, some, not all, <laughs> Most, <laughs> most, but not all. There definitely been some people who clearly have never experienced prejudice in their life. But there are some people who understand, like from their forefathers and four sisters and four people, that they couldn't do certain things. They couldn't be open. They couldn't people interracial marriages. Like you couldn't do this and be open in your love until the fifties and sixties. Like I just don't understand. And this is why, like the only people that I've you know seen, obviously, like pulling these kind of like stunts where they're going and they're yelling at employees and stuff have been like people who are clearly like, you know, white and come from a lot of privilege. The lady who was, you know, yelling outside of Trader Joe's, she also at one point was talking about the stock market. Cause I mean, like we were outside for a minute, right? Cause we're like right. waiting in line. And I was, there was, thank God there was a person between me and her. She was behind me. There was like a, a man behind me and then her. Um, but like at one point she was talking about the stock market and she was like, telling somebody like you know oh yeah i told them they should pull out this or whatever but if you lose eight hundred dollars whatever you lose eight hundred dollars and i was just like laughing to myself because i'm like you're in the line of people during a pandemic where half the people have lost their jobs they're shopping at trader joe's which like is not like rich like i know some people misunderstand and do think that trader joe's is like expensive it's very much not it's the same price no matter where it is and it's always like cheap stuff um so yeah it's like like obviously like to a lot of people losing eight hundred dollars is not nothing but she was like sure to like loudly also state no she was like, just totally like that's totally a sign i don't even mm. um have a plan <laughs> be nice and also uh just again use your best safety measures keep your distance i know that people are going more to parks and like beaches those have been the places where i've seen most of everyone that i know except for like a handful of us that are clearly we're the insane ones <laughs> staying inside but yeah, i've gotten a lot I of friends who are going out but i didn't expect going to the beaches. beach um, um i would say 75 percent of the people i know have attempted to go to the beach or have been to the beach in the past two or three weeks if that is what you do a be aware that on the weekend it's going to be crowded because I had a yeah. friend who went to the beach, it was crowded, and she was like, oh, well, I, it was crowded, so I had to leave, which I totally was like, yeah, because everybody's trying to go, that's where everyone's going. Um, you're better off going on a weekday, you're better off going to a beach that is a little less known. You're not gonna go to Cocoa and Clearwater and not find hundreds of people. That's just gonna be, those pe that's, Those are the beaches that are heavily advertised by Visit Orlando, those are the beaches that are closest to the parks. Those are the be beaches that people are going to, so just know, your new Smyrna Beach, your Daytona, your Coco, and your Clearwater are going to be full of people. If you want to go somewhere else, you're going to have to travel. You're going to have to go to Amelia Island. You're going to have to go to Anna Maria Island. Like, you need to go to those places that are far, far, far out. Maybe 
there's some luck in Sarasota. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody from that area yet talk about the beach situation. But I do know Tampa beaches and Orlando area beaches are swamped. So if you do want to go, I'm not saying you can't go to the beach. Because I do think maybe that's one of the safer places to go. Just be aware. Yeah, if you're not going to the places like, like, don't think you're going to get there and it's going to necessarily be like a tranquil situation. Like, definitely do your research. Don't get out the car until you are kind of more sure that... And don't be afraid to like, okay, like we checked this out. This, this place is too busy. Drive further down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of people understand that beach and shoreline is, um, like we, when we would go to the beach, we would go to a beach that was maybe 20 minutes down the shoreline from Clearwater. It was just a little, and it was always less busy. We pay for parking. I never had to fight for you parking. You know if like, um, you know how like Turkey Lake Park is like a state park. Right. You know if like public beach parks are open? Yes. Like the um, and they've been open for a while. I had a friend who went to okay. Shady Park because a while ago. I was going to say like normally like when I go to the Tampa side of things, because I have cousins that grew up in the Tampa area, so they always know like the, the best beaches to go to. And a lot of times we'll go to those beaches and it's $3 for a car. Right. But, but it's like, less enough. people. Like, great because you can literally have like a car full of people. It's $3. And then we normally go and there's, I remember one time we went to Fort DeSoto and I kid you not, like we drove to the furthest point and you, the way that it's set up, like you can see the cars right. on either side or whatever. And so you can like, that's how you know if like someone's already at that little part of the beach and there are each little sections. We drove all the way to the last one. Nobody was on Fort DeSoto with us at that time. So, you know, I think a lot of these places, like people don't think about, they just are like, oh, I'm going to go to Clearwater. I'm going to go to Coco. But definitely this is the time to like research those like lesser known places. And hey, you've got, you probably got the time. So, you know, drive the extra hour or whatever um, to make sure that you're being safe. Yeah. Try to go to these places when they're not super busy. Cause we, I like, again, the weekends are going to be busy. Cause that's where everybody's going. Nobody has job. Like what else is there to do? Everybody's trying to get outside. So Try to go during the weekday, do your research, do your Googles, have a plan, stay safe, stay smart, be kind, don't yell at anyone for no reason. And I understand quarantine fatigue. I think I, last week was probably my like quarantine fatigue. I was like, I am tired. Like I'm tired of being inside. I'm tired of this. (laughs) Like there's so many, and not, it's just the act of like having to have, be so prepared to do simple things. Like I can't just like forget vanilla at the store. If I forget vanilla at the store, it's like, oh, it's an, you know, it's an event. It like is, It is. Like I forgot. Oh, what did I forget? I forgot gnocchi this week and it's thrown off like our schedule and it's like the littlest thing, but it's just like, well, you can't do that meal. Like I have to do a whole different thing. And yeah. it's like, it's simple, but it's, it's frustrating. And then like, oh, and I also, I finally went to Target and I forgot to get Drano, which was like such a big thing to get, but I was so focused on like yep. toilet paper that I like and I got like I had to get some other things too I needed like a new shower curtain liner and I I had to do things that were like in different parts of the store so like that was really stressful so I got home and I realized I didn't have any Drano and then I was like well what do I do do I order it for like an overpriced amount right I can just go back and then I was like I can't go back there like (laughs) just like you know it's like do you wait another week and I'm like oh like I'll, I'll wait another like I can't just oh it's so it's it's it is frustrating because something that used to be as simple as like Oh, I forgot Drano when I was at Target. Babe, can you run over to Publix and go grab it? Like that's not how we're doing things yeah, anymore. No. You know? Um, so it is it is it is frustrating and I get that. And you know, I think that like just trying to follow what your state is doing and making good decisions 
questions and just staying informed. Like I know a lot of us have kind of stopped paying attention to the news as much because you know, it's a lot of the same stuff and it's like doom and gloom. And, and I completely get that. I definitely have tuned out from a lot of the news as well. Um, but now I'm kind of like checking a little bit more to see like just the facts of like, okay, how many cases are here right now? Like, you know, what's going on right now with it specifically. So I can just know that I'm preparing myself the best way possible because in a lot of areas, the cases did not go down, um, but they decided to just reopen anyways. Yeah. Uh, and then in areas like New York City, the cases have gone down, but they haven't reopened because they want to make sure that they go down for good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say, like, if you are in Florida and you didn't know that, like, we're not all in the same phase, like, please either, like, talk to friends or, like, look at resources for other states to see that, like, we're all kind of doing our own thing. And I don't think that that's necessarily great, but just like be aware that your government is not always telling you the best thing to do. Um, but pay attention to what like smart leaders and scientists and things like that are saying. Um, people that just seem like they genuinely want to keep you safe because, you know, there's to me, there's like a difference between somebody who's like, oh, I've dedicated my life to science and like I'm not really like getting paid from this. And then someone who's telling me to take like weird drugs and stuff because they just bought a whole bunch of stock in that company. I'm just saying. I'm just, you know. Uh, well, with that, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to go. Um, we have an amazing interview that is with someone local. So this is why we're kind of talking about Orlando specifically. Also, because there are some people who are in states that have not reopened. And there's a little TikTok of a guy kind of doing a dance over the states that are reopening and the states that aren't. And it's really funny. So if I find a link to that, I can send that to them. And basically the caption's like, states that are trying to kill their residents and states that are being safe. And he's like, it's very funny. So we're in one of those states where they're trying to kill us. So we're trying to yeah, give you more information in advance. Obviously within reason, you always want to be following like what the rules and regulations and guidelines are, but also pay attention to what they're doing in other states. Because just because they said you can go outside doesn't mean that you necessarily should. Like, Again, in um, Connecticut, like, I was talking to a friend who went to Trader Joe's there, and her experience was 100% different, and that's because of the regulations that they kept in their state because they want everyone to live there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, enjoy the interview. Hi. <laughs> hey. Welcome back. We're here with our interviewer, Katie, from Pulp Town, who is local to the Orlando area. Yeah, so Katie, it's amazing here to have you on the podcast. We've been wanting to have you on for so long. Um, for those of our listeners who maybe aren't locally based or haven't heard of Pulp Town yet, which honestly, if you're coming to Orlando to visit, like even if you're just going to do the parks and stuff, please check out Pulp Town before you decide to do anything. Uh, but for those of our listeners who aren't already familiar with what you do, tell us a little bit more about it. Um, hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate uh, this. And I've been also waiting to come on the podcast, so this is exciting for all parties involved. Um, Pulp Town is a newsletter that I send out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that kind of tells you the 
and denounce of what's going on in Orlando uh, includes a calendar of events for the week ahead. Uh, we talk about people and like locals that we think you should know, uh, challenges maybe that the city's facing, and, and give you some action uh, to do with the knowledge once we get with the information once we give it to you. Um, yeah, and then we create some fun stuff over on social media on our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter slightly, but mostly just Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and I've got to say, like, there's a few other publications, like, they're all great in their own ways, but for me, like, Pulp Town was the first one that wasn't, like, super, like, convoluted. They're, like, it's just streamlined, which I really love, because there's always going to be a mil like, people don't realize, like, there's a million things that go on in Orlando, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that, like, it's more, a little more hand-picked and a little more streamlined, because it's, like, okay, like, th this is truly, like, the best, the best what's going on so for me a lot of people are always like well Kristen, how do you know about this place or that place or that literally almost everything i learned <laughs> is from bulb town like i read it every single day and that is literally like how i know what's going on because i'm not super like social in that sense so yeah yeah unless like it's from pulp town or my friend nicole who's like you know been in Orlando for a million years and is like a big foodie and knows that scene. That's like literally where I get all this information. I'm always out and about. Like we, as we uh, talked about right before we started recording, we frequent a lot of the same places and we're always like messaging each other and we're like, oh my god, I was just here. Um, but yeah, you really stay abreast of everything that's going on and you really truly pick the best, the best for the newsletter. So that's what I love about it is that it's just kind of like that creme de la creme rather than just kind of like a everything. <laughs> Thank you. And I was about to say, like, yeah, right, because exactly that, that, like, we always go to the same places. So I'm excited to know that you think that I turn you on to the good stuff because I feel like you know the good stuff too already. So <laughs> it's working. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And also, I think having smaller media in Orlando, because there's so many, I mean, there's tons of small media corporations, which is awesome, but just the bigger voices seem to, are louder than the smaller ones. And then sometimes some of the information is, kind of convoluted because of politics and just old Orlando like <laughs> history stuff like there's so many rules I've learned from working with some of the older nonprofit organizations as to why they can't do this and say that and they're like well this family and like 19 da, 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 did this and they own this land and this is why we can't talk about this and this is why we can't walk this way and I'm like wow no one cares just like represent the city as it is right now in 2020 thanks so I am really loving all of the content that you put out. And also it's modern and it's it looks good. Yeah. And it, oh, it looks so good. So we good. Training <laughs> is important to us. So it looks so good and we love that. Oh my so, Thank you. How long have you lived in Orlando and what made you fall in love with the city so much that you wanted to start Pulp Town? Um, so I have been in Orlando 14 years next month, um, and I moved here, I'm not sure my age, but I moved here right after college. <laughs> um, so I'm born and raised in Alabama, graduated from the University of Alabama, had a degree in PR, and I had decided to go into PR, that I wanted to go into journalism, but I went to PR because that's what my older sister had done. And uh, yeah, so that's what I did, and then I moved to Orlando, worked, I couldn't tell you how many different jobs, um, and all of them kind of led to Pulp Town. Uh, and how it led there is because what I've always loved the most is telling people's stories and trying to support local, coming from a very small town in Alabama. My mom tried her darndest to open up shops uh, through the course of my childhood. And 
oftentimes they would fail because something big would move into a bigger city next door and then people would leave our tiny town to go shop elsewhere. Yeah. And I saw so many storefronts in my hometown like shuttered and literally still now when I go home, I would say that like, I don't know, 70% of the downtown buildings are empty. I'm from like one of the poorest counties in Alabama. And so it's really sad. And so for me, like I've always had it instilled in me, like ingrained, like since I was a kid to shop local, support local, tell local stories, small town, like knowing everyone and things like that. So coming to Orlando, which when I first moved here 14 years ago, I was like, this is the biggest place I've ever been. <laughs> all of these things. And I got lost so many times. And and then once you figure it out, it's like, oh, Orlando's just another small town. Like it's a big city offering, but it feels like a small town. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. So for me, it was just like a natural thing that has progressed. And then Pulp Town, I've I've lived by the model motto to live life like a tourist, and and also like as a tourist, like live it like a local, you know. And so when I first heard about the parent company, Whereby Us, and their motto was live like you live here, I was like mind-blowing because I was like wait those are the two things I've been trying to do you know Mm -hmm. so it was a yes let's go and start this thing and let's do it I love that so much and and that's what I love about like what you do because there's a lot of media here that focuses just on like the parks Disney like the tourist attraction stuff which I love like I was born and raised in Orlando so like you know, don't get me wrong, I can be a parks girl, but like Orlando has so much more to offer. And that's what I love about what you do is you highlight the other side of that. And what's great is that it's really something that anyone can do. Like you said, like you were kind of really more inspired from growing up in that small town setting and the experiences that you had there, you know? So I love that because literally anyone reading can kind of like take on a project like of this scope. So what did the process of getting Pulp Town up and running look like? And what is the biggest lesson you learned from that process? Um, Probably the biggest lesson I learned is that it takes a village. and as if you didn't already know that, but it definitely does, right? And so for me, having the support of a parent company was great because I have wanted to do my own thing for years. And I've worked um, on the side, like working jobs that made money, right? So, because writing did not make me money. I think the biggest check I ever got for writing freelance was like $200. So <laughs> I would have to write a lot to pay my bills, right? Um, and so working the jobs that I was working, uh, I would like work in hospitality and at hotels and and at uh, restaurants and things like that so anyway so um so yeah so anyway so finally making the shift was having a parent company approach me uh and say like hey like we have this happening in other cities we were kind of looking in orlando and we got connected with you because we heard you were really passionate about the city and maybe also you're an okay writer would you want to talk and i'm like absolutely (laughs) right so i'm like oh wait so you're actually gonna pay me granted It's not a lot, but it'll do, right? So I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do this. So it really helped to A, have that, right? But B, um, outside of that, like what we did as a team, uh, we had probably like four people from our parent company in Miami come in and we spent a week interviewing several people in the city, which could be done with, you know, your friends in the city too, that you're trying to launch something, right? So it's not like I had to have them, but it, it was really great to have extra bodies that came in and we interviewed probably 75 people and we asked them like what they saw in the news, what they felt like was missing, what they wanted to see more of. And we kind of took all of their answers and tried to figure out like, wow, like all of these people had this in common. These people didn't expect to have 
this much in common and then these are some outliers right and so what can we do with all of that and like that helps build the brand the tone um and everything that kind of goes into pulp town the name everything come fr came from that idea generation for a solid week of interviews and then after that we launched to a warm market probably sent out to about like 200 friends and people that, that including people we had interviewed um and then kind of just slowly let it go from there just told them they could start sharing and that's how pulp town got going I love that. And I love that, like, the first thing you said is, like, it takes a village. And I know you said, like, you probably already know, but a lot of people don't know that. Like, that's something that we know, like, being entrepreneurs for as long as we've been, is a lot of people try to go it alone and don't realize, like, yeah, you're going to need help and you're going to need, you know, to just be able to, like, have people to reach out to and, and work towards goals together with. So I love that that's the first thing you said because it's so true. And it's also... I will say it's more complicated than I would have even imagined. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I love that you guys did actual like branding work, which I'm sure having a company, larger conglomerate helped you kind of get that together. But that's the type of work that starts a company. And I'm so glad you talked about that process because a lot of people don't realize that it does take some time and feedback is really how you can build content and for people who are looking to create blogs or platforms that have a lot of content that generate you want to get from your get this information from your target audience and i'm talking to the client about this right now so this is very spot on and on time and i'm glad that you talked about it that it's just not waking up one day and being like i want to start a blog in 2020 oh, that's not how it works anymore <laughs> you, so many clients will like come to you and then they'll be like yeah i'd like to be up and running by next week and you're like no no <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna take a little bit of time and they'll be like oh well you know do you know anyone who can do it in a week and i'm like no no one's gonna do it in a week like that's yeah like you can go elsewhere they're still gonna like if they're doing good work they're still yeah. gonna tell you like no it's gonna take a minute it doesn't matter what yeah. your business is it's so important to have your brand tone and messaging down before you even do one thing like you need to know what you sound like yeah, and I actually still go back and refer to this list of like questions we call it, like how might we questions, which some people have probably heard of that kind of theory as well. But like we go through and ask like how might we, you know, help inspire this person in this way, right? So like all of the questions that we consume from these seventy five people, like I took them and put them in a long spreadsheet, and it's like how might we answer this question for them, right? And so I still go back and reference that now because I'm like whenever I feel like am I getting off topic? Am I not staying true to our tone? Am I not staying true to this? Whatever you know, which I am because it's innately me, right? Like I I run the newsletter, it's my voice in the newsletter, and so when you hear from anyone, like you're hearing from me, right? So it should be consistent pretty much across the board. But I go back and I reference that first ever spreadsheet that I made from two and a half years ago. So yeah. So yes, very important to stick to branding and all the things, you know, but you can veer off. You like, yeah. we've, definitely, it's, it, we've definitely changed throughout the course of two years as far as like, you know, sometimes like shifting our focus a little bit here and there, but we always tell the reader what we're doing as we're doing it. So that's awesome. So what does a day in the life of Pulp Town look like? Like, what does your work day look like? I'm sure it's never the same. I'm sure it's different every day. So feel free to yeah. share. Um, yeah. So uh, earlier, too, I mentioned like the parent company. And I think you said something like, you know, like working like with a big conglomerate. And I just want to be clear, like there's 17 of us, I think, at this point across the country. And there's five publications. And so in each of the five cities, um, there's one to two people working on the brand on the ground. And then the parent company is actually building a platform to do this more efficiently in cities across the country. So, yeah. So 
Um, so a day, I have a check-in moment uh, probably a few times a week with some of those other people who are in my positions in different cities. And we just kind of talk about like, you know, what we're doing that's working, what isn't going so well, what story may have worked well there and, and things such as that, right? So there's always like a check-in moment at some point I have some kind of internal call. Um, and then I also, uh, I've always, I've worked from home since this launch, which has been awesome. Um, so there hasn't been much of a change for me during the current, uh, time. Um, but yeah, so being able to work from home, usually either at my kitchen table now at my desk, it's kind of a cluttered mess, um, or from the couch. Um, and I'm typically on my computer all the time. I have zoom chats, uh, Google meets, uh, all FaceTimes, whatever it takes, phone calls um, with people out in the community. Uh, before I would probably be out meeting people for coffee or grabbing a lunch or whatever, just learning to hear, like, like just just learning like what, what else is going on in people's lives, right? Um, and maybe connecting with uh, people we should know and organizations we should know about. So anyway, so that's what I would do for the majority of like the mornings and then the afternoons I write the newsletter. I spend a lot of time scouring the web for like what news will speak to our readers. Um, and I'm also always on social media and like grabbing news and stuff that I see on those sites as well. Um, yeah, that's my life. It's pretty chaotic. I would say that like because we have some people on the West Coast, um, I try to be online from probably... 10 a.m. till like 8 p.m. Um, and then I usually go back and, you know, make about 30 edits about 1 a.m. and then I send the <laughs> newsletter the next morning. I can't believe that you produce such a high quality newsletter every single day. Like it's really, but like, I really do hope like all of our listeners, again, even if you're not planning to go to Orlando anytime soon, because I know we have people listening from all over, but please just look at this newsletter because it's so high quality. And the fact that you do it every day, like, I mean, it already, like, I already knew that you did that, but like, it just to hear you say it out loud, it's just like houseway. Like, I just don't understand. Like, it's a lot to do daily. And it, like you said, like, sometimes you're up to like 1 a.m. Like, it's hard work. Yeah. And, and I will say that I did just change it back in February to three days a week because I had started focusing more of our time on events because our, like the whole mission behind all of our city's brands is that like, we want to help people learn to like, you know, live like you live here and to get more civically involved. If we make you get, if you get more civically involved and that means you have more care for your community, right. And you're giving back to your community, which makes you better for the, makes the community better. And it makes hopefully the whole world better. Right. So so yeah, so I switched it to three days a week because I started hosting events and we were starting, like we were really pushing at events and then coronavirus came, COVID-19 came and all those events were canceled. And so now I'm at three days a week trying to like navigate like what the world of like virtual events looks I like. I say, yeah, you've been sharing a lot of digital events, which is cool. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. So, and then I'm also going to have, like, we're changing up a few other things, have like a little check-in moment uh, with members and things like that on days that we're not publishing the newsletter. So we, proverbial we. So, like you said before, you've been freelance writing for quite some time. Um, so, as a freelance writer, like, you have clients all over, like Orlando, Miami, New York, other parts of the country. So, how did you originally get started in freelance writing? Because I think that's a thing that a lot of people are interested in, but they're not quite sure, like, where to start. Yeah, so for me, I would actually... Uh post a lot of things just like on Facebook, right? I would go to a restaurant and again, it's that like innate, like I've always just cared about small businesses and this is 10 years ago and I would just post something about a restaurant like, hey, go check out this or hey, I did this and you should go do it or, or whatever it was, right? And people saw that and so a girl actually reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in writing food reviews and I was like, 
well, yeah, duh. Um, so I, I went and uh, did a food review for a local restaurant, which is now Maxine's on Shine. But before that, it was another, like two times before that, it was a different restaurant. And I wrote my first ever food review. And it went over well. And so the magazine that published it asked me to freelance write more often. And so I did. And then that led to other opportunities. And really, it was all just uh, word of mouth. Like a lot of people, like the people that I had worked with there, uh, had told other people, like, hey, if you need a writer, there's Katie. And and things such as that. And so then also like my friends, like my friends who were developing their brands, like knew that I knew them personally and they needed someone that could put onto paper what they, you know, were trying to put out into the world. And so they relied on me to do that. And so that's how I got connected with people in all the different cities. I love that it's like continually like this. It's so funny because we have this like ongoing kind of like inside joke in the podcast where Angelica tells me to go outside because I'm so introverted and I don't want to go put things <laughs> and do things. And she's always like, go outside, go outside, which I mean, obviously now she's not telling me that. Um, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's so true because it's, it just reminds me of like her saying that so many times because it's like, go outside. Like when you go and you talk to people and you connect with people, mm-hmm. those connections, like just you like doing the things that you're already good at sharing those things like from a you know just a place of like wanting to share it because it's what you want to do and then meeting new people it kind of just kind of all comes together yep like a tidal wave yeah yeah i will say a lot of the leads i've gotten since quarantine started are people that i met when i was outside so 100 (laughs) percent. just gonna say once again like there are literally so many moments where i look out my window and i just hear like angelica's voice like go outside and i'm like oh i should have gone when i had (laughs) oh my goodness so i am a systems person i feel like i yell about systems all day long to anybody who will listen i love talking about (laughs) tools and using different things what are three tools that you use daily as the director of pulp town um okay so i would say i mean like we produce the newsletter in WordPress mm-hmm. and then send it out through MailChimp, right? So those are two things that I feel like probably is pretty common that people use. I would also add to that Canva. Canva's where I go and like create a bunch of the images that you'll see on our Instagram page um, and also on our Facebook. And then there's also this app um, where I create memes and I can't remember the name of it. It's like some weird funky app on the web that I think that we might have created for all of our cities to use actually. So I don't know if it's for everyone, but it's something that we use there as well. And that's where I produce what I call conversation starters. And you can see those on our Facebook and it's just like, you know, a colorful background and it says pull pan at the bottom and it just has a question. And so that is where like I'll ask an engaging question and hopefully get the audience engaged and then talk back and forth. With them. I've got to say, Canva is a game changer. It is. Like I Photoshop Adobe, it's okay. Yeah, so I'm Photoshop trained and have been for like a really long time. Like because uh, like I was a wedding photographer for a really long time. So like I I worked uh, under like I apprenticed under somebody else and they taught me Photoshop and it's great and blah blah blah. But like one day I can't remember like I I needed to do something and I went on Canva before and I was like oh my god like this just like. This, I mean, there's obviously there's like limitations as opposed to using Photoshop, but at the same time, everything is so fast and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody is like looking at both, I would say like, unless you're going to actually be a designer, 100% go with Canva, man. It is like a game changer. Yep. I agree. Like I, we did like a, I don't know, a social distancing thing. We made fun, made it fun. And we did it like, you know, like Orlando style and just yeah. that in Canva 
A, it took me a lot longer than it should have, but B, it came out and people were like, oh, wow, this is so amazing. How did you do this? And I'm like, oh, you can do it too. Go in and just like replicate what I just created and then change it to fit your I know exactly you know? what you're talking about because it's the one that's like 18 Gideon's cookies. Yes. yes. I was actually thinking about that yesterday because Angelica and I would have been talking about getting donuts from East End Market. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to see my friend who is a barista at Lineage. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to like, when, now when I go out, I make a whole plan because it's like, you know, such an ordeal. So I was like, well, I'm going to go when he's working. I'm going to go at the beginning of his shift. And I'm like, I'm a vegan. So like, I'm probably, I don't know if they like, I'm not going to eat the Gideon's cookies, but I want to get them for my friend who's having a birthday. So it was like literally on my mind. And I was like, that's what she uses. Gideon's cookies. Yeah. And that meme. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, the fact that you did that in Canva is uh, A-plus top-notch Canva <laughs> skills, by the way, because it's impressive. I had, like, three or four people send it to me because we were all, like, quarantine meme sending, and so we were all like, oh, gotta get those swans, you know? So A-plus <laughs> to you. Kudos. Give me the snaps if I could. I don't want to ruin our listeners' ears. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you have, like you said, you kind of – are working all the time <laughs> to an extent um, and you're coming up with content daily like the stuff that's on here in addition to the actual newsletter um, and various platforms that you're using for social media so how are you constantly kind of coming up with these content ideas and does it ever become tiring um yes <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so i would say there are some days when i just really have to ask myself do I care about this? Is everyone else going to care about this? You know, and, and sometimes I'm just like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to write about. But on a good day, I've planned ahead in my editorial calendar, and I'm still confident in what I put in my editorial calendar, and so I'm going to produce that, right? But there are some days that I've changed my mind on the fly. Um, and what I've tried to do in recent months, and we did this previously and kind of got away from it for a little bit, but now that we're back to three days a week, I try to keep Mondays a specific kind of like theme and the same thing for Fridays as well for Fridays right now with everything kind of going on we're kind of trying to do and stick to feel good Friday so trying to give you like feel good moods going into the weekend um so yeah so I think sticking to themes definitely helps um but it's okay to get out of a theme out of a theme right like I'm one person and so I can't I I, I can be honest when I tell people like when I'm sitting on a newsletter I can just tell them like hey I decided to change it up today and here's why you know and so yeah. I think as uh, being authentic and like transparent with your readers is very important and so when I do make changes like that I just try to alert you and tell you like hey this is what's up today you know or hey sorry I'm really tired I've been really sick this is if you, if you think today's newsletter is not so great this is why <laughs> you know like I just try to be as honest as possible but yeah so coming up with ideas is it's it's you know, I'm also looking at Facebook, what's going on there, and other social sites. Um, but for the most part, it's already planned ahead in my editorial calendar. So, I love that you kind of have like theme days too. Um, mm -hmm. I know it's like you know that's the thing is like what you do is so like in the moment, like in a sense because it's you know the events that are happening around us and like the new openings of restaurants that are happening like in the here and now. So it's like you know, to an extent, it's like, there's only so much planning you can do, which I'm sure is such a challenge, but I love the idea of like a theme day too, because that really kind of helps keep things organized. Yeah. And it takes the pressure. 
Yeah, and the newsletter itself is is really quite organized, which which again, like I was saying before, that's part of why I love it so much because other like sites, newsletters, whatever, tend to be so convoluted and it's kind of hard to read. Whereas like with Pokemon, you kind of know like, okay, this section is gonna be here, this section is gonna be there. Like you know where to look to find the information that you need. It's just like very well organized every week, which I'm sure helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, what is, we can't talk to, talk about Orlando, which I'm sure everybody else who doesn't live here is like turning off the podcast right now at this point. <laughs> Whatever. Deal with it. We listen to your New York podcast and your LA podcast. And I know that you don't walk in LA and I've learned so much. So you're going to deal with the Orlando podcast and you're going to like it. Um, what is your perfect Orlando day? Because I think each of us has our own perfect day in our city. The things that we love, the small shops, the people. So what is the perfect day for you? Okay. So... First off, the perfect day is when it's the high of 75. Facts. 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 It it doesn't happen often enough, but that is my dream weather, which makes me think I should live in LA, but I can't. Yeah. Here I am here. Um, But yeah, high of 75 because I want to walk and bike and everything as much as I can. And when it's higher than 75, I am a disgusting, sweaty mess by the time I get to anywhere. Yep. So, um, so perfect day is high of 75. And I would say that I would probably start it. Um, I live in the downtown area. I live in Lake Eola Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, I specifically enjoyed back before this happened, the coronavirus came on the scene. I specifically enjoyed walking to Deeply Coffee. Downtown. I would say that for I was for my day. <laughs> yep. So I would walk Lake Eola and well, I would, and you like in Lake Eola Heights, like I just love this neighborhood too. The houses are all very different and it's interesting like going by and imagining like everyone's life, right? So I'm walking Lake Eola Heights and then I go over to Lake Eola and then I go up to uh, downtown to um, Deeply Coffee. There I'm going to have some coffee and probably going to get one of their savory waffles because it's my favorite. Um, then I am hopefully going to find something else to do downtown because I want to go have lunch at the neighborhood eatery. Uh, that is my favorite lunchtime meal. They have this Mills 50 bowl that is phenomenal. And if you haven't been there, you've got to try it out. Um, so there, maybe I've like gotten on a scooter or something. I don't know. Or maybe I'm biking. I don't know, but I'm biking around downtown and and I'm checking out like, you know, the scenes and I'm going to go to to neighborhood eatery for lunch. And then at some point I'm going to find my way over to probably the Mills 50 area. Um, and well, actually first I'm going to go to Dixon Azalea park because that's one of the prettiest parks. It's like located by Eastbourne park. Yeah. Movies have been shot there. Weddings have happened there. It's just like this massive, beautiful tree that's so beautiful right there mm-hmm. too. Also, right across the street is uh, Langston Park, and yep. that park is also amazing for kids. Yes, and it's got like just some great views too. So I love both being right there adjacent to each other. Um, and then yeah, so make my way probably over to the Mills Fifty area, and there I will most likely eat again um, at uh, Black Rooster or at um, across the street at Pig Floyd's. Yes. Um, yeah, and then I want drinks at Little Indies because I love drinks at Little Indies. Um, also, maybe at Guest House if I'm feeling a little bit fancier. Um, and, yeah, I think at some point in the day, I got to shop or got to go by the Heavy, which is right up the street. Yeah. And then if I'm going to keep going, I'll go over to the East End Market. So I feel like that sounds basic AF. but there's No. Literally me, though. Like, like some of the places would be different, but, like, the same neighborhoods and everything. I'd be like, yep, that's exactly, that is exactly what I would do. I think the, the, what, the one difference with the start of the day is I would swing by um, – 
craft in common and get that yeah. like vegan sausage sandwich that they have that thing is so good so i like to go there and then i walk over to deeply and then like like have both like i'll yeah. eat from over there and have like a drink from deeply and and i struggled which one i was gonna say honestly because i do love them both um, yeah. The craft and common, their drinks too are insane. So I love their good. I like, yeah, when I can like treat myself, I'll go to craft and common. When I just want a good coffee and like a good savory little waffle, then I'll go to deeply coffee. You know, I, so, drink I'm with you. I like craft and common for like if I'm gonna meet up with somebody and chat, and we're gonna like you know like maybe like I'm I'm taking um, a blogger who doesn't live in Orlando on like a tour I'll probably take her there and we'll like take cute photos and stuff but like if I'm gonna read by myself and like have a morning like a quiet morning then I'm gonna go to deeply I love coming this coming from the girl who's an introvert supposedly and yeah she's like well if I go meet a blogger I'm gonna take her and do this, this, this. well no if you're like a blogger then I know I'm I'm like I'm if I know if I can hang out with somebody one-on-one -on -one, I'm fine it's like when it, it's a group and then I'm like I want to go home like events and stuff that's where I'm like I don't want to do these things but yeah, one-on-one -on -one hangouts, like, that's my thing. I love taking people on tours of the city when they come in, uh, you know, from wherever and just kind of taking them from place to place. And that's normally, we normally start out in downtown Orlando, mm -hmm. explore a few different neighborhoods there, um, and then normally head, like, to East End at some point during the day, uh, and then, like, different parts of Winter Park, and always, always Mills, like, mm -hmm. always mills a lot of times like mills has to be either my first stop or my last stop because that's normally where i do the most stuff yeah uh, it's it's like a definite and it used to be that i always took people to like king and royalty like first thing when they got off the plane and everybody is all like everyone wants like they come for disney and universal right i mean like it's like people i know that are like visiting they're like we're coming for these parks and i'm like give me one day or give yeah. me half a day even. I'm like, even give me half a day. And they always end up being like, wow, I can't wait to come back and like go to King Bao or go to Chicken or whatever, as opposed to like going to a theme park. My friends, thought? yeah, my friends from Australia that came down like over a decade ago still talk about Drunken Monkey and seeing yes. a with me. <laughs> so I'm like, I know this, like that to me is like the real Orlando, right? Like, yeah. I love it. I'm telling you, if you like food, you will like Orlando. Period. <laughs> Agreed. Also, on this would be Taco Chino. I can't. Those are my favorite yeah. tacos. Oh, yes. Yeah. The fish, yeah. the cod tacos are insane. Yeah, there's seriously so many great food offerings here. So, like anyone that's a foodie, like definitely needs to at least give themselves half a day to just like stuff their faces before heading over to the theme parks because you will not regret it. I've never never had anybody say like oh man like i wish i would have spent more time at the parks like everyone always wants to come back for the food that's like in actual orlando yeah yeah well thank you katie so much for talking to us today i learned so much about pulp town which is amazing because i've been reading it like since you started so i'm just so impressed with you and everything that's happened for pulp town i can't wait to just see it like grow even more and more and more and just thank you for like being such a badass in our city and like <laughs> you know what I mean like we, we have all Orlando people have to support each other so it's just awesome to see you like doing something so awesome for the community thank you thank you I think it's important like even for everybody like wherever you are like champion your city right like if even if you don't want to be there and you think it sucks it doesn't matter like you have to make the most of your surroundings right so it's like how can i make the most of it how can i give back how can i you know be impactful and also be impacted you know so. awesome.